All right. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. We thank God for his goodness. We thank him for his mercy. This is a wonderful, wonderful uh, day that the Lord has given us. We um, certainly didn't know that we were going to have this day. Um, God, yet again, with his um, His uh, expressions of mercy and grace, gives us totally what we don't deserve. And we're very thankful for that and uh, very appreciative for that. At least I hope you are. I know that I am. I just, uh, you know, uh, when I was coming up, you know, they would always say that you can't beat God giving. When it comes to giving, you can't outgive God. And that's basically what that what that means. God just um, keeps on giving. That song would go on to say the 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 <clears throat> you know, you know, the you know, the more you give, the more he gives to you. And uh, it just, uh, and it's true. I found it to be absolutely true. Brothers and sisters, we're back in the word of God. Um, our text this morning is um, back in the book of Colossians. We are in chapter two. Uh, we're going to read verses uh, six and seven again. And we're going to go ahead and start. The Bible says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, amen, <clears throat> so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Amen. Let's read that again from the top. Colossians chapter two, starting at verse six. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Verse number seven. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Amen. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading and the hearing and the doing of his word. We thank God um, for his word um, as always. Now, brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers, we are back in our text. We are now in um, our seventh lesson. Amen. Praise the Lord. God's blessed us uh, with, uh, with, um, with, um, um, with prior lessons that have been a blessing uh, to me. I know that I've had to go back and, 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 and re-listen and, and uh, many times when the word of God is going, whether, um, whether it's someone else is teaching it or I'm teaching it or whatnot, many times what I'll do is, is that when my study, I'll go back and I, um, and, and, and I'll replay the word listen to the word and and take in the information what god is 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 giving because i don't want to miss it and that and that's the attitude i think that all of us should have um, everyone has different methods of uh, of studying but you want to keep the word of god constantly flowing um into your life and uh um and uh, where you can um and uh, where it becomes a part of your every day you don't want the word of god to become a thing that only occurs in your life or has a presence in your life on a sunday morning or on a designated Nated day in the week where um, perhaps your church has Bible study or or some sort of prayer meeting or something like that. You don't you don't want to if you if, let me go ahead and say this, brothers and sisters. If the word of God and the way of God is confined to a specific day, you're in trouble. You are going to be in trouble. You're going to find yourself 
quickly running out of what you need in order to make it through the week, through the month, through the year. If the word of God is confined to a certain time of the year, some people only get exposure to the word of God or to church only on holidays and things like that. Outside of that, the word of God, God himself has no presence at all in their life. You're going to be in trouble. If you, um, if you have, if you have a relationship with God. Now, when we say have a relationship with God, that does not mean that you just know about God. No. When I say you have a relationship with God, I am talking about you have been baptized. You have been born again, according to the scripture. Jesus said, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he shall in no wise inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not getting in. Okay, so if you have not, and that's very clear, we don't add to the word, we don't take away from the word. Jesus said, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. That water is literal. Okay, amen. He's talking about both the water and the spirit. So that means that in order, that means in order to be saved, okay, in order to be saved. Right now, there's a process to starting it off, and it starts with repentance, or actually, it starts with hearing the word, and then from there, repentance. But the response after all of that, and the word that you hear, got has to be the gospel. Amen, amen. Because it's the gospel that we believe. In other words, you can't be you. you we, we're not saved off of somebody's story. No, okay. You're not saved because you believe in my testimony. No, uh, uh. My testimony. I need to be testifying of what Jesus Christ has done, what he has accomplished on Calvary. And then one must believe the account of Jesus Christ, not the account of Lloyd Walker. Uh, uh No, 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 no. I didn't die for anybody. I can't save anybody. You didn't die for anybody. You can't save anybody. Faith must be exercised. Belief must be placed in the completed work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means that that man, that woman, that boy, that girl must believe the gospel. Amen. Amen. Now, once that has taken place, that belief is there, you have got to obey the scripture. Jesus said, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. That means you've got to be water baptized in the name of Jesus, because that's the only way that it was done in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And then you've got to be you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is referred to as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, technically, you know, there's only one baptism, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There is only one baptism. But as I said in the previous lesson, amen, baptism has two sides. It is like a coin, a, a coin of legal currency in your country, wherever you are that um, that that you're listening to this or or if it's not a coin, it's a or, or a dollar or, or a, a bill. If you have if the money is paper or however it is, usually there's an image on both sides. OK, amen. Um, if it's a coin, there's an impression usually on both sides. And we're talking about the, the, the currency for whatever country it is. Now, in order for that to be in order for it to be legal. Amen. It's got to be made out of the right, if it's a coin, it's got to be made out of the right metal. Amen. Amen. And if it's if in and if it's paper, it's got to be on the right authorized paper. Okay. You can't just come with anything that's that anything else. Nope. 
Then on top of that, it has to have, so assuming that the material is right, okay? So it's, you, 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 it's assuming the material is right, in order for it to be considered legal currency in that country, amen, whether it is paper or whether it is, it is metal or coin of some sort, doesn't matter. It has to have the authorized inscription or image on both sides. Amen. Amen. It has to have the correct, proper, authorized image created with the right ink or out of the right or pressed out of the right legal mold. Amen. However, the coin gets pressed or manufactured. Okay. If it does not have the correct image, amen, if it does not have the correct image, then it is illegal, okay? It is counterfeit. It's not real. Baptism has two sides, much like currency tends to have two sides, okay? If the impression is not visible or is not present on one, get scratched off or somehow didn't get imprinted or what, whatever happened, it's not legal. It's not authorized to be used for the purchase of anything. Okay. Jesus says that he is the door to the sheepfold. Jesus said that he is the way the truth, and the life. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except by him. Jesus said, access to heaven, access to God is exclusive. It is only through and by him. He goes on to tell us that if any man come in any other way, other than the door, other than through him, the Bible says he is a thief, and he is a robber. He's not the, the, the implication of that is that he's talking about salvation. He's talking about being saved. You cannot be saved outside of the process that the Lord has laid down. You cannot, you cannot do that. You cannot go and try. It is dangerous to go around and try to interpret the word of God, according to your own understanding. And how do you know when you coming up with your own understanding, when you go around there, let me put it like this. When what you come up with doesn't line up and plainly contradicts what was plainly said in the scripture, you're wrong. You are wrong. Plain and simple. Jesus said, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. Now, what does that mean? Got to be baptized got to receive the Holy Ghost. That means you got to have them both. That, that's just, it's, it's, it's not complicated. You got to have them both. You cannot have them both according to the way you want. You got to get it according to the way it's given. And if you don't know how that happens, brothers and sisters, all you got to do is go to the history of the church, of the first church when it, got, when it all started going down. Acts chapter 2. You can start at verse 36 and you can keep on going. You'll find what you're looking for. You will find how, what happened. And as you go through <clears throat> the book of Acts, you'll see how folks were baptized and you'll see how they received the Holy Ghost. 
and you will know that you've got to receive it the same way. Amen. 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 Don't, don't come up with something else. Don't invent another method. Get rid of the trash about baptism is, a, is just an outward show of an inward change and, and it ain't necessary and all that other kind of stuff. And, and you don't have to get the Holy Ghost with it, with, 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 with the initial sign of speaking into, no, don't do that. You didn't see that in the scripture. So don't go adding that. Just look for salvation to come the same way it came. For our brothers and sisters in the Bible. Amen. Amen. How did they first receive it? Just go to that. I know this is difficult because some people get all kinds of different teaching from people who mean well. And I, and I know that their heart is right. And, and for some of them, they don't, in other words, they don't mean to mislead or misteach um, this aspect and these aspects in error. They're just simply teaching what they've been taught, but they've never stopped to question if what they were taught is exactly right. And the reason why is because they rely strictly on somebody else to teach them and give them the word instead of also being diligent and searching the word diligently and daily for themselves. And I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you this. God has given us the preachers, the ministers and the teachers to share the word of God and to give us the word of God and to point us in the right, in the right direction. But you are not meant to rely exclusively on them. In other words, they're, they're teaching and preaching is not supposed to be the end all, be all, the totality of your study. No. It directs you and guides you, and then you jump into the word, leaning on the Holy Ghost, and you let God continue to pour that word in you. In other words, you and I should be in the word long after the Sunday morning um, sermon is over, or the, or the weekday night Bible study lesson is over or the Sunday school class. No, it doesn't stop just there. That's just the beginning. These men of God, these teachers or whatnot should be led by the spirit of God. So they shouldn't be given a spiritual junk food. And if they are doing what they're supposed to do and giving the word of God, according to the word of God and not adding their own overlay onto it, then at the end of the day, you and I should have received from the vessel God chose to give the word to us at that moment. We should have received something that we can chew on and is a good starting point for us to spring forward into continued study into whatever subject or topic was going on. It's a starting point. Amen. Amen. Listen, brothers and sisters, I'm going to say this and then we'll, we'll move, we'll move on um, because I do want to cover some ground uh, today, but, 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 but please hear this. Please, please, and please, please don't just dismiss this. You are responsible for knowing the word for yourself. If you are in a church that teaches reliance, total reliance on the man of God or the elders or whoever it may be, 
and they are not teaching you how to fish for yourself. In other words, how to study and read the word and learn the word and get and and and, and for yourself all of these different things. You in the wrong place. You're gonna be in trouble, ma'am, sir. You're getting ready to be in trouble. That's not the way God's church is organized and set up. You receive fish when you need it and as you need it, the provisions of the Lord. But you are supposed to be learning how to fish. Amen. How to get the word. Now, when we talk about fish in this in this sense, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about in the sense of 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 winning lost souls. I'm not talking about evangelism. OK, in this sense, I'm strictly using this metaphor of fishing. OK, because it, it, can, it, it has it has multiple metaphoric meanings. But in this particular case, I'm just simply using fishing as a metaphor to explain that you need to learn how to study the word and be in the word for yourself so that you are not completely and hopelessly um, reliant on someone else to just give it to you. The preacher, the minister's job is to give you the word and they serve a purpose, but he's not there 24 seven. So how do you get the word on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday? You got to know how to search the scriptures for yourself. Amen. Search the scriptures for yourself. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and then he's appearing um, to folks at this point, and these men are on the road to Emmaus, I believe, and 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 they're talking about the things that that happened in Jerusalem, and and at this point, folks have scales on their eyes, and they don't know that Jesus is 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 there with them, has risen bodily, and they don't they don't recognize who he's who who he is, and these these disciples, these believers, they're 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 walking and they're talking about the things that that happened, and Jesus comes and 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 and, and joins himself. Um, and joins himself to them and and um and when he does this he asks them about the things that go on and they and they begin to 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 explain all of these things and and then Jesus the word of God goes goes on to tell you that that he opened up their understanding he opened up their eyes up to the word he began to talk about the word and then he opened up their understanding and and eventually the scales would fall would would fall off it but no sooner than that happened he was he was gone if i'm not mistaken and 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 listen don't you want to have that kind of experience where you're talking about holy things, you're pursuing holy things, righteous things, the word of God. You're, you're, you're make, you've made it a priority of your life. And so you're pursuing it and you're pushing forward in that and you're talking to God and you're communicating. Don't you want that same experience where, where at, the end of the, that at the end of your labors of, of, of studying the word of God and pouring over the scriptures and, and going over and examining and, and keeping it close to you and all these things that all of a sudden God, by way of his spirit, the Holy Ghost just opens up your understanding. And those scriptures that you were reading um, and studying, you know, for days or or for, for however long it may have been, but that 
those scriptures that you were looking for that that piqued your interest that God got your attention all of a something all of a sudden he spoke something more something in depth and you were able to see it in a light that you never saw before you begin to be able to you began to be able to see the different nuances and the shades of color that were just below the surface of this wonderful picture in the word things that you never he brought out all of the hues and all of the color all of the stuff that you didn't even know and now all of a sudden this scripture that has always been rich and that has been wonderful to you has now taken on more mean don't you want that you can have that if you will commit to the lord Turn away from sin and pursue him with your whole heart. And you can have that same experience where the Lord himself pulls the scales off of your eyes and begins to speak and impart understanding to you. Scriptures that you think you know, you have no idea the depth that's there. But we only get that when we diligently pursue the Lord Jesus Christ, when, when we make him our heart's desire. So I want to encourage you to do that. The, look at Isaiah. I want you to turn to Isaiah, and I want you to look at um, 61, um, verses 1 through 3, okay? And then we're going to read a couple of scriptures, and we're going, to, um, we're going to move forward in this. Isaiah 61 one through three says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, verse number three, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, amen, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, amen, 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 that he might be glorified. Amen. Amen. And we talked about this um, scripture um, last week. We really kind of got into um, um, quite a bit about it, actually, um, when we, um, um, before we ended on last week, we broke down, we really kind of broke down what, what the Lord was talking about, especially um, 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 in verses um, one through um, uh, one through two, talking about the ministry of Jesus Christ, because here in Isaiah 61, you're looking at a prophetic text here. This is a prophetic utterance that God has spoken through the prophet Isaiah. And in this particular utterance, um, God is disclosing the work that he would take, he himself would take on, because remember, um, Jesus is God. Amen. Amen. When, 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 when Jesus comes onto the scene, that was God that came onto the scene. He simply took on the nature of humanity in order to do the work that, that we ourselves could not do. Amen. What was that work? To pay for sins. We were in trouble and God, and, and we could not get ourselves out of it. Nevertheless, the trouble that we in didn't stop. Okay, it didn't negate God's love for us, and, and it didn't negate God's will for us. God still created us 
to fellowship with him. He created us to praise and to worship him. And God, God wasn't willing to let his original design go. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. Because with Adam and Eve's fall in the garden, all of man experienced the sting. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the, um, the sting of death. Amen. And that, that sting, so to speak of death is sin. Okay. We were, we were, when, 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 when Adam fell, okay. When Adam operated and Eve operated in disobedience, they got stung. Amen. Amen. They got stung by sin. And so death crept into humanity. Amen. Man began to die from that point. Amen. Amen. But God, although this happened, that was not God's desire. God still wanted you for the reason that he created you. Some of you don't know why you create, why God created you. I'll give you a little taste of that. I'd like you to read Psalms 139 because God created you. God created you, not you yourself. You didn't design your own self and you don't, and, 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 and here's the thing. And you, and he has a purpose for you. And newsflash, God's purpose, God's design for you is different than with the design that you come up for where you, that you've come up for yourself. That design you came up with for your own life, who you're supposed to be, what you're going to do and all the other kind of stuff. That's not God's design. That's your design. But what did God design you for? For that, you got to search the scriptures. Amen. Amen. Because our identity is tied up and wrapped up in the Lord. God gives us our identity. Did not the Lord Jesus Christ tell Peter, and thou art Peter? And upon this rock shall I build what? My church? He said, and thou art Peter. Amen. Amen. This is on the heels of a very correct answer by Peter to the Lord's question about who he is. And the Lord had to break it down when that, when that, that answer came across, <laughs> the Lord let him know where that answer come from. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. But my father, which is in heaven, God almighty gave you insight and wisdom. Allow Peter to see what on his own, unaided by God's spirit, what he would have been unable to see. He wouldn't have been able to give the right answer if not for God himself. God gave him wisdom and eyes to see what he could not normally see. And he's doing the same thing for you and me. God decided, God knew what he wanted and what he wants from us. He gave Peter an identity, and thou art Peter. He defined Peter. Amen. Amen. Probably a better way of saying it is that not only did he, he redefine Peter, because I'm sure Peter probably had his own idea who he was. 
of who he himself was. But here come the Lord telling you, telling him exactly who he is. Well, God knows exactly who you are. Why? Because he designed you. Amen. And if you want to be what God wants you to be, if you want to truly know who you are, it starts with realizing whose you are. You've got to recognize and realize the most high. And then you got to submit to him. You got to yield. You got to give over the reins of your life, the right that you have to do things your own way and run your life the way you want to. You got to give up that control. You got to voluntarily submit that to the Lord. Let him take the steering wheel. And then he'll define you. He will show you who you are. And who you are always meant to be. Amen. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. In Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, at the end of verse 3, he gives us the reason behind the mission of Jesus. Now, when you read verse 1 and you read verse 2, and you read the A portion of verse three, okay? We learn about the work of Christ, some of the work of Christ. Now, this is not all the work of Christ, meaning that this is not all that he would do. The Bible says here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept, okay? Throughout the scriptures, sown throughout the pages of scripture is prophecy especially in the Old Testament. And so, and throughout the pages of the Old Testament, prophecy are bits of, in pieces, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept, across the pages of collected scripture are the insights and the highlights of the mission of Jesus Christ. This is just one aspect that talks about some of those things, but throughout the prophetic utterances concerning our Lord, you find more and more detail concerning what the Lord would do, okay? For our purposes, we're talking about just this here in Isaiah, okay? Now, when you get to the B portion of verse number three, he gives you the reason the underlying reason for the duties and the activities and the things that the Lord Jesus Christ was coming to do. The purpose behind it was that is that we might be called trees of righteousness. Amen. Trees of righteousness. Glory to God. Trees of righteousness. Now, righteousness here is a, this is a strong word, okay? Very strong word because righteousness talks about when we use this word and he uses it as a description for the type of tree, not just any tree, but a trees of righteousness. Righteousness 
when we break this down and get into it, it really means adherence to what is required according to a standard. Okay. So whatever the standard is, or whatever is, whatever the standard is, or whatever the rule is. Okay. Righteousness is adherence to whatever the rule is. So in this case, when we talk about trees of righteousness, the rules or the standards are the word of God or the law of God. Amen. God's will, as it has been made known to us throughout the scripture. So a tree of righteousness, amen. 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 This is good. This is, I'm telling you, this is good stuff. Okay. A tree of righteousness. Okay. And, and when we talk about tree, it, it really refers to an oak tree, so to speak, okay? So a strong, sturdy tree. But a, a, that's, uh, that, a, the, the mission of the Lord was for the purpose of allowing you and I, making it possible for you and I, amen, to be called Trees, solid trees, firm trees, trees like an oak, amen, but not just a tree of anything, but a tree of strict adherence to the requirement of God. In other words, obedient trees, trees that do what God has called them to do. Trees that are what God designed them to be. Trees that adhere to the standard that has been laid down in the word of God. A tree of righteousness is a tree that is unyielding and unbending when it comes to the word of God. A tree of righteousness is not one that has the boughs of that tree that sway back and forth with every wind of doctrine, but it is a steadfast tree. It's an unmovable tree. It is a tree that is rooted by the rivers of water. It is a tree that is steadfast, a tree that will not go back on the word of God. That, now, that's really what he's talking about. That's what it means to be a tree of righteousness. A tree of righteousness, according to scripture, is a tree, amen, the planting of the Lord. It is a tree that adheres to, uh, to what is required according to the specified standard or the laid down law. In other words, it is a tree that stands rooted in doctrine. Glory to God. Glory to God. And it doesn't go anywhere. That tree doesn't go anywhere. It stays in the doctrine. If God's, listen, let me, let me, let me make it plain to you. If, if, if the, if doctrine, the word of God or the teaching, that's because doctrine simply means teaching or subject of the teacher. Okay. So if the word teach that God does not like the practice of homosexuality and all and any, any and everything else that may flow under that, a tree of righteousness going to stay right there. And a tree of righteousness is going to have the same aversion to that lifestyle. 
That tree is going to love the people wanting them to come out of that lifestyle. But that tree is going to have an aversion to that lifestyle. He's not going to say it's okay. He's not going to say because because my because my cousin, uncle, aunt, and, and friend, or someone else that I know, so whatever you want to call them, is, is gay, that all of a sudden I'm going to compromise. No, no, no. A tree of righteousness is not going to go ahead, go, go around saying that divorce is okay simply because you can understand why somebody got a divorce. It don't matter whether you can understand it or not. If the Lord said in the book of Malachi that he hate divorce, you hate it too. God said he hate putting away. If God don't like something, then a tree of righteousness don't like the same thing. If God loves something, that tree of righteousness loves the same thing. If God say do something a certain way, to be a tree of righteousness, you got to do it the way he said do it. Glory to God. So the mission of the Lord was so that we'd be called what? The planting of the Lord. We'd be trees of righteousness. So not just any trees, but trees that adhere to the specified standard, the required standard, the doctrine or the law of God, the planting of the Lord. We'd be called the planting of the Lord. See, when you and I adhere to the law of God. In other words, the rules and the doctrine of God. We take on the title of trees of righteousness. We become earmarked or identified by righteousness. Righteousness, amen, is, or is a characteristic of God. So when we operate in and we are obedient to the will of God, we become identified by the same descriptor that defines or identifies a characteristic of God. God is righteous. Amen. You're not crooked. God is righteous. And because we become identifiable by the characteristic that belongs to God, righteousness, amen, amen. then it becomes discernible to those around us that we have a connection to the Most High. We are the planting of the Lord. We're not, listen, when we operate in the righteousness that is the word of God and we adhere to the word of God, adherence to the righteousness and to the word, the way, the doctrine of God becomes the calling card or an earmark or it becomes a mark of identification, so to speak, whereby those who look upon us, who see us, know that we are not operating on our own. We're not doing our own thing. We are not self-made. We are not the product of somebody else, but we are the product of the Most High because we exhibit the characteristic that belongs to him. Amen. Thus we become the planting of the Lord. And why? So that he might be glorified. Amen. 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 Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose help is the hope, excuse me, whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be as a 
tree. Amen. There he goes. Planted by the waters that spread it out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green and shall be careful in the and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. A prosperous tree, a green tree that is unaffected by the conditions of this world, the climate of this world, the moral changes in this world do not distort or do not hinder the prosperity or the fruitfulness of the trees that God plants. Amen. Because when God plants a tree, first of all, he plants it in the right place. He plants it by a water source. Why? So that regardless, because the tree, regardless of the climate of the world or the, or the conditions of the environment that that tree is in, amen. See, in, in every environment, he plants his trees by the water source so that they are constantly nourished, so that no matter where he plants you in the world, in the world, no matter where he plants you in the world, he plants you, when God plants you, he plants you by a steady flow of the word of God, so that you constantly have nourishment for the roots, or nourishment to the roots, so that regardless of the external atmospheric condition, this tree, the planting of the Lord, always has a steady supply of spiritual nourishment so that it can be fruitful at all times. It won't wither. It doesn't burn up. doesn't go away. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and the law and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He's praying. Amen. Verse 3 says, and he shall be like what? A tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doth shall prosper. See, God likens his planting. When God plants you, amen, God's looking for something sturdier than a flower. This is why often in scripture, the people of God are not like, oh, you don't really find too much where the spirit, where the, where, where the, the people of God are likened so much to, 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 now when I say, and I'm talking, I'm talking about for God's preference. I'm not talking about, you know, you know, when, when, um, uh, um, um, other aspects such as life and death and so on and, and so forth, where man will be likened unto grass and so on and so forth and those sorts of things. Now, so we, th there's different types of plants that the scripture uses, God uses in scripture to liken his people to, and they cover different temperaments or different um, areas of man um, in his response to God. Okay. So there's, there's, there's plants that he's likened unto when he's walking in sin and there's plants he's like, 
awakened unto when he's doing what's right and so on and so forth. Okay. Now, when we start talking about the preference, the divine um, 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 choice of God, as far as um, his intentions with you and I, God desires us to be like a tree. Okay. Amen. 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 He desires the sturdiness and the firmness of the tree. Okay. And so the planting, when we talk about the planting of the Lord, when Lord plants us, okay, what his intent is in planting us is that we become fruitful trees, that we're not just fruit, not fruitful flowers. Okay. Amen. Okay. Not fruitful grass, but his desire is, is that our life, our walk be likened unto that of a tree. Okay. A fruitful tree. Amen. 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 Glory to God. This is, this is, this is, <laughs> this is good stuff. Amen. He wants us to be like a tree. Amen. Amen. Now, when we, with this in mind, Colossians, our text tells us six and seven, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Amen. God's desire is that you, for us, is that we have the sturdiness, the qualities of a oak tree, okay? But instead of you, the, the nature of the tree being that of oak, the nature of the tree or the type of tree that we are to be is that of righteousness. We are to be a righteous tree, okay? We're not to be a, 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 a tree of any other sort, okay? Any other um, morality quality. No, he wants us to exhibit to be trees of righteousness, okay? Above everything else, what he's looking for is trees of righteousness. Why? Because from the tree of righteousness or from the quality of righteousness stems all of the other, okay, desirable moral qualities that God wants us to have. Okay. So you can use righteousness as an umbrella term and you don't have to, we don't have to specifically bring out all of these other morally excellent things that, that God likes. We don't need to do that. We can just say trees of righteousness because under the umbrella or the banner of righteousness flows or springs forth all of the other moral, um, desirable moral qualities. Okay. You just be righteous and everything else and everything that is associated with righteousness, okay, is going to flow out of you or out from you. It's going to spring forth. It's going to be like blossoms, okay? Trees, many trees have flowers that blossom on there. Amen. Okay. So this, so there, there, so, you know, flowers are not just associated with an individual plant that is a considered a flower that you plant a seed. No, but trees also before they begin to, 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 to exhibit fruit and all of these different things, many of them first exhibit a blossom. Okay. Amen. They first exhibit flowers. Beauty begins to spring forth from that tree in the form of flowers. 
And eventually, amen, and eventually that from those flowers are going to bud or spring forth fruit, amen, in its season and at its time, amen. God wants us to be like the tree. Now, in our text, he uses the word, we have the word, amen, we have the word rooted, okay? Now, this particular word of rooted, this particular word is used about twice, okay? We find it about, you know, about two times, okay, in the scripture or in the New Testament, and it, it, it alone means to be established, okay? Rooted means to be established, okay? And it, it, it means to be established um, in the sense of as if it's as, as if a plant or 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 um, um, is 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 becoming fixed in the ground, meaning its roots are spreading out. OK, so when it says rooted, it really means the roots are spreading out and it is becoming increasingly fixed to the location it currently resides at okay that's really what that word rooted means okay so he so when he says in our text verse number seven so verse number six let me back up says as ye have therefore received christ so when he says as ye have therefore received christ he's talking about a way okay he's saying that there was a way that you received Christ, okay? You didn't just come to the Lord any kind of way. There's no willy-nilly way that you can come to the Lord. Remember, what did the Lord say? He said, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. What was he doing? He was giving you and telling you the way, amen. When you read the book of Acts, you start chapter, look at, just look at chapter two, look at verses 36 and going on. You're going to see how people receive the Lord, amen. Okay? You're going to you're going to begin to see all of those different things. Now, what he's telling you is, is that he says the he says, as you have received Christ, which simply means in accordance to the way or according to the way that you received the Lord. OK, that's important. He says, because what he's setting up does not work. If you don't adhere to the way. The critical part that makes this work is adherence to the original way. That's what, he, that, that, that's what he's saying. As ye have therefore received Christ, okay? The way you came in contact with him, the way you became associated with him. Now listen, the way you became associated with the Lord is not your own individual story. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the accepted or the acceptable method that God himself has made available for you and I to become connected to him. Amen. 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 How did that happen? We had to believe the gospel. We had to turn away from sin and iniquity. We had to turn to him. And then we had to follow his instructions, right? So he says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did you receive the Lord? 
you received the Lord by way of obedience. Glory to God. I, I hope this is making sense. I hope this is making sense to someone. You receive the Lord by way of obedience to the commandments of the Lord. And he says, as you have therefore received the Lord, so walk ye in him. What he said is, you receive the Lord by way of obedience to his commandments. Amen. You must continue to obey the word of God. You must continue to forsake sin. You must continue to walk away from iniquity. You must continue. I hope this is making sense. I hope this is very becoming very clear. As you have therefore received Christ, you received him by way of obedience. You had to follow what he said. You can't have Jesus according to your own terms. You can only get God according to God's terms. So when he says, as you have therefore received Jesus Christ, so walk ye in him, what he's saying is, is as you were obedient to get him, you got to continue in that obedience. Continue to walk in him just like that. Like what, like what Brother Walker? Being obedient. To what you hear and read in the scripture. Being compliant to what God said do. Cooperating. With God's will. And not fighting against it. Every time you turn around. And with every chance you get. You received them by being obedient. You had to turn, listen, you had to turn from sin in order for God to accept you. For him to accept anything that you would do after that, you had to first repent and turn from your sin. Well, now that all of that part is done and you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost according to the scripture, and you know you got it. Not by wondering and goosebumps and all that, uh-uh. The evidence that comes along with it, it made it very clear. You began to speak with other tongues. If that has not happened, you are not done. You are not done. You got to get it the way the Bible says. He didn't come up with no alternate methods. And no, 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 no. That, that kind of stuff is ridiculous man-made teaching. That is not what the Bible teaches. He made it plain and he showed you what they did. The first Jewish man or folks that received the Holy Ghost and received, and that, that entered the church, how did they get it? How did the first Gentile get it? The same way the Hebrews or the, the Jews got it. We, it don't change. It's the same thing. You had to forsake sin. You had to turn your back on sin. 
You had to come. You listen. That was a you had to confess. The Lord Jesus Christ. And you did that through obedience. Not just with your mouth, but you did it in obedience. Because actions speak louder than words. It was more than just words. You proved that thing out by being obedient. This is why works and faith go hand in hand. They're companions. They are tied at the hip. And you can't have one without the other. And if you do have one without the other, something wrong. You had to, you, listen, you had to turn away from sin and unrighteousness. Well, now that you've done that, ma'am, sir, I know that life might be getting tough and things are, are might be a little bit rough and, or a little bit strained and, and, and you're going through some things or you're dealing with some things or whatever and, and what happened or whatnot. But let me tell you something. You're not going to overcome the new set of challenges that have come your way by reverting back to the pig pen. You're not going to overcome the things, the challenges, the, 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 that, the obstacles and, 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 and the things that have come your way. You're not going to make headway and, 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 and overcome these things by reverting back to the way the world operates, by falling back into sin. You listen, you had to forsake all of that stuff in order for to God for God to accept you. Do not make the mistake mistake of thinking that that initial acceptance is solid for a lifetime devoid of obedience. And no, it doesn't work that way. There is no such thing as once saved, always saved. Jesus made it very plain. You got to be faithful unto death. That's what he said. His holy apostles told us that we got to endure to the end. The Holy Ghost helps us endure. That's how we... He's going to listen. He gives us his very own spirit so that we can get to the end so that we can overcome. So that we can have everyday victory over. Our everyday challenges. But if you turn away from God. And go back into the world and go and do and live. You're not going listen. You're not going to be numbered among the righteous. You're going to be numbered among the wicked. This is what the Bible teaches. You got to continue. He said, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. You can't decide that you're now going to use natural means to obtain and maintain spiritual gains. Uh Uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. 
what was given by the spirit can only be maintained by the spirit. You can't now revert to natural means in order to maintain spiritual things. It doesn't work. You are deceiving yourself. The devil is deceiving you if you're thinking that. The Lord said, be ye holy, for I, the Lord, thy God am holy. Look, you can't. It, it, it doesn't work. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord. How did you receive him? In sincerity, in obedience, in humility. You had to walk away, turn away from sin and, and unrighteousness. You got to continue, brothers and sisters. You got to continue. And God gives the Holy Ghost so that you can continue. That's why you don't go around acting, buying into what people are saying, talking about you don't need the Holy Ghost or the Holy Ghost don't move like that. Where did the Bible say he don't move like that? When God puts something in effect or in order, the only way for that thing to be undone or to fall out of order or for it to no longer be in effect, God himself would need to amend it or rescind it. In other words, God would have to call it back. That's why it doesn't make sense for people who go around talking about there are no such thing as apostles nowadays. That's, that's, that's nonsense. Did you see him? Where in the scripture did you see where he recalled it? If God put an office in play, that office is in play until he recalled it. He's got to rescind it or amend it. Oh, people don't receive the Holy Ghost with speaking in tongues. Oh, okay, that was for that day. Where, where do you see that? That ain't in the scripture. If you saw it happen there in the beginning, that thing is still in play until he rescinded. it. Stop getting smarter than God. You're not. I am not. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end, the ways of death, Proverbs 16 and 25, Proverbs 14 and 12, As ye have therefore received Christ, so walk ye in him. You got to go back. Somebody listening to this, I'm telling you right now, you got to go back. You're struggling. God did a great work in you. Good work. Good work. Solid work. You received that. You Listen, you received your salvation according to the Bible. And you've been doing your best to walk in it. But you've hit some, a bump in the road. And your humanity has kind of been in the driver's seat when you should have been allowing God's Holy Ghost to be in the driver's seat. And so unfortunately, you've been leaning to your own understanding. You may not have been aware that that's what you're doing, but that's the end result. It's what happens to all of us when we kind of just silently and quietly take the reins and start operating according to the way we see it. That's always the challenge for all of us. You're not alone in that. Nevertheless, just because you are not alone in that, and there are others that have the same similar challenges, it doesn't make being in that spot right it is no more right for you than it is for me 
the word of God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what? Lean not, lean not to thine own understanding. Yes, I fall into the same boat as you. Yes, I run into the same things as you and others run into the same thing. But just because we have that, we have that in common. Sharing a thing in common does not necessarily justify the thing that you share. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short. Just because I have a sinful nature, that don't make it, that don't make it right. That doesn't make continuance in sin right. No, it doesn't. And then trying to pretend that you don't have sin or anything like that, that that's, a, that's a double whammy. That's even worse. The Bible is very clear. He that hideth his sin shall not prosper. Those that try to hide it and conceal it, 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 it never works. It never works. It never works. You got to go back to the beginning. You got to remember where you were, how it was before you became, before you were first obedient to the word of God, when you were still just lost and doing your own thing and you was in trouble and you had finally reached your breaking point, your end point. When you finally faced up to the reality that you are a sinner, that you are in trouble. You have to remember what you had to do in order for the, the course to change. There were some things that God required of you first. In advance of him, doing his saving work, you had to turn from your sin. Not secretly be okay with it, but you had to turn from it. You had to change your mind about doing things that were wrong. Even if you felt good about them or at before didn't even know that they were wrong. Once you became aware of God's way and God's view of it, you had to adopt his way. Colossians chapter two, verse six says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. That walk is, is more than just moving forward. It's your life. It means how you live. So the same, in other words, he's telling you the same way that you started life in him, you got to keep living that way. If I had to turn away from the, this and that, I have to stay turned away. I have to continuously turn away. And this is why God gives us the Holy Ghost to do just that. Brothers and sisters, I think that is where we are going to stop for today. Praise the Lord. This has been a wonderful lesson. So we got to Colossians chapter two and we looked at verse six. Uh, we're going to pick 
the rest of this up in lesson eight, Lord willing that we will finish it on up, but we're going to, but again, we're not rushing it. We want every nook and cranny, so to speak. We want everything that God has for us. And I believe that God is giving us that. So brothers and sisters, have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday this morning, wherever you are in the world. And we will pick this up on next week, God willing. Until then, God bless it. God's blessings upon you. Wow.